Welcome to episode three of the More XR podcast. It's the latest in everything from augmented reality to virtual reality and everything in between. It's brought to you by More Insights and Strategy. I'm Anshel Sog, More Insights and Strategy Principal Analyst covering XR, 5G, smartphones, PC, cloud gaming, and much more. So let's get started. The first topic I want to cover that happened this week was Facebook's outage. Um, obviously, Facebook is a very big company and they have lots of platforms. And one of those is Oculus VR. And Oculus VR also um, kind of experienced some outages. Um, and they also have the uh, Ray-Ban smart glasses. So a lot of Facebook services that would normally be available were not. Um, however, people that did have Oculus VR headsets were still able to use them and log into their account, I believe, um, and use their devices. But I believe they weren't able to actually you know, use them after that and access um, different services um, and definitely not be able to download new titles. So, you know, it's important to understand Facebook's outsized influence in the industry and how, um, you know, them having too much influence could be a detriment to the industry when something like this were to happen. Um, other than that, I think um, there's not much else to say about this other than things have been a little weird uh, as Facebook came on over the course of the week. Um, and yeah, that's kind of around the Facebook outage. Um, the next topic I want to cover is the Lynx R1 Kickstarter. Uh, they launched the Kickstarter this week. Uh, they were supposed to launch it last week, uh, but you know the Kickstarter process for approvals takes some time, and they weren't able to get it approved right away. Um, but what's the big deal is um, they were able to um, one get funded in about something like 15 hours. Uh, at current moment, uh, it looks like they are getting uh, about $500,000. So we're looking at uh, a pretty good, um, we're looking at a pretty good amount of money that they've raised so far. Uh, I think I can show this um, right here. As you can see, they've raised $500,000 um, and they've already done three updates. Um, I backed the uh, limited edition, uh, partially because I wanna see the clear design and be able to experience that. Um, but it also, you know, I just wanna support uh, a really interesting company. So that's the, um, the Lynx R1. Uh, in addition to that, um, they will be doing uh, lots of sessions, uh, kind of answering people's questions and hoping to get more people to join the Kickstarter, even though it's already funded. Uh, I believe it funds sometime in November. Um, so between now and then, about a month from now, they will be kind of, uh, you know, answering people's questions and hoping that they will join in on the Kickstarter. Um, they're also offering t-shirts and controllers. Um, so I recommend that you get the controllers, even though this headset is designed from the get-go to be controlled by hand motion, because um, they are working um, with UltraLeap um, and have integrated UltraLeap's controls into the headset. Um, the next topic I want to talk about is the fact that T-Mobile is now using um, basically 5G and AR to um, maintain its own 5G network, which I think is fantastic. Um, let's show you that. Um, so that one is 
uh, reported to us by Sean Kinney uh, from RCR. And basically it talks about how they're using the new 5G network combined with um, AR to manage their own network and to help field technicians repair their infrastructure, which I think is a, a really good use case of, you know, being able to combine um, what you are talking about from a technical perspective, because all the carriers are talking about AR and 5G, but actually using it in your own uh, network and showing how that can benefit businesses and business use cases. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, T-Mobile's really been on the cutting edge for a lot of, um, you know, AR, VR applications. Uh, they are moving pretty fast. Um, they're the fastest in terms of implementing new, new features in 5G. And I really think that if you, you look at what they're doing, um, Verizon and AT&T are kind of lagging behind because they have lots of partnerships that they've been announcing. Um, they did AR for the MLB um, All-Star game. They also did um, uh, 5G from the player's perspective, from the, the catcher's perspective. So they're really moving along and really embracing how, how 5G can improve the user experience through AR and VR. Um, the next topic I wanna cover is Facebook's rebrand of Horizon. So it used to be called Facebook Horizon. Um, now it's called uh, Horizon Worlds. Uh, and in addition to that, Facebook is adding $10 million to uh, kind of kickstart creators to get involved in making uh, uh, Horizon Worlds a thing. Um, and it seems like Facebook is starting to realize that uh, the Facebook branding is not necessarily uh, a beneficial thing all the time. And in some cases it can be detrimental, especially if they want to involve other companies outside of Facebook um, as part of their, um, you know, their platform. Um, other than that, you know, hopefully we see some more news coming later this month um, as Facebook Connect becomes a thing. Um, but I feel like the company's kind of in a uh, damage control scenario considering what happened on Monday. All right, so the next topic I want to cover is Canon uh, came out with a new um, lens. Uh, it's a dual fisheye lens. Um, what it does is it allows for really easy um, capture and um, editing of 3D footage, specifically for VR. Um, this is from Engadget. Uh, they had a pretty good article about it. Um, but what's interesting is I wouldn't really call this for AR capture, even though you could theoretically capture, you know, some VR video, some depth video. Um, I think you need a little bit more data from that, but um, it's specifically designed for Canon's 8K EOS R5. So you could theoretically have um, a very high resolution um, VR video out of this. And they're even saying that you can do 8K 180 video. Um, but the important thing to notice is this is actually a 190 degree lens and that the 180 is kind of like a, a subset of what's possible. Um, and it's also, they're selling it for two grand uh, and it's an F 2.8. So it's gonna be very sharp. And with that um, Canon EOS R5, you're gonna have great low light performance. Um, and that's kind of what it looks like uh, when you're using it. And then they have a whole video about how to shoot with it. 
Um, and there's also subscription involved um, that allows you to do video editing um, in Premiere Pro, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's a $2,000 lens um, and it kind of just attaches onto a uh, mirrorless Canon uh, camera. Um, but I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna actually make VR um, video much more accessible to a lot more people. Um, and you'll be able to potentially experience a lot more high quality content, especially when you look at the quality, you know, this is an L lens from uh, Canon. So that combined with our EOS R5 is gonna be a really great experience. And I hope to see, um, you know, some content from that hopefully soon once this lens, com lens comes out. Unfortunately, I don't have a Canon, so uh, I'd have to use an adapter for this, and I probably wouldn't recommend it. I would probably recommend just using Canon to Canon on this and getting an R5 if you really want to shoot this. That's going to set you back, uh, you know, about seven grand. So um, not not a, a, an inexpensive uh, uh, proposition. Um, the next topic I want to cover is that VMware uh, has a new um, beta that they announced. It's called the uh, Workspace One, which is kind of their virtual um, workspace uh, platform. And what it does is it's actually going to allow for um, VR uh, virtual machines. So you can work in uh, VR and access all different types of software. Uh, it can launch native VR applications and content can launch WebXR and CloudXR streamed applications, as well as have single sign-on for web, SaaS, and VDI apps in VR. Um, and you can customize the XR hub to, you know, whatever you want your users to experience. Um, and they do support a bunch of headsets. If you look down here, there's the Vive Focus Plus, Pico Neo 2, Neo 2i, Neo 3, which just announced, um, or Neo Pro 3, G Pico G2, Quest 2. And then there's upcoming support for the Vive Focus 3 and some Windows compatible VR devices. Um, but uh, yeah, you can kind of see what the experience looks like here um, and see that, you know, it's pretty comprehensive uh, and that they did work with NVIDIA to em employ uh, Cloud XR. Um, and yeah, it's very manageable uh, and it kind of just slides into uh, what the IT people are already um, working with when it comes to VMware. Um, but that does lead us into the next announcement, uh, which was that Magic Leap actually uh, had an announcement with VMware as well, was not included in this um, list of devices for uh, the OneXR hub, but they did post a blog on their website saying they announced a strategic collaboration uh, for the Magic Leap 2, which... Uh, none of us have seen yet. So it's kind of a weird thing. This is just another example of, of Magic Leap doing things on their own. Um, I don't know why they, they couldn't have been included in the, um, you know, the VMware announcement, uh, unless I'm uh, missing something. But no, I just searched the document and there's no mention of the word Magic Leap in the, uh, um, the VMware release, but they had their own release on their own website. Uh, they're talking about Magic Leap 2, which we still have yet to see. So um, all we know is that it's an AMD-based solution. Uh, I've heard good things from people who I trust. And 
Uh, we know that it works on the new VMware um, One XR hub. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. We're running out of time. We're in Q4 now. So, um, you know, Magic Leap has, has, has got to deliver in the next couple months. Otherwise, uh, they're not going to have anything to show uh, relatively soon uh, if they're going to hit this, you know, uh, this year's timeline. Um, the next topic I wanted to talk about was actually something that I wrote about. Um, it is a, uh, an announcement uh, from Qualcomm, Valve, and Microsoft. This was a Windows 11 uh, announcement, which Windows 11 launched this week. Um, while I'm not entirely sure what other improvements to Windows 11 will benefit XR, um, this is one that I think will actually be a big deal. And the reason why is because it's called Wi-Fi Dual Station. And what it does is Wi-Fi Dual Station takes advantage of Wi-Fi 6, um, and it um, takes advantage of Qualcomm's dual stream uh, capabilities with its Wi-Fi 6 uh, Fast Connect 6900 um, Wi-Fi chipset. And then it takes the ability of dual band routers on Wi-Fi 6 and adds um, some capabilities in the Valve uh, SDK to allow for two simultaneous streams of Wi-Fi over 2.4 and 5, which sends simultaneous same data. And what it does is it uh, basically finds the, the bandwidth, the right, the fastest packets um, with the least interference and the least judder and the lowest latency and chooses those packets depending on what you know the, the Wi-Fi environment is and maximizes the um, maximizes the latency reduction and, and kind of just designed to lower latency as much as possible. Qualcomm is stating that they were able to lower latency by four times or up to four times. Um, and Valve is very happy with this. Um, and it sounds like this is going to be an AMD exclusive, um, at least initially, because Intel has their own Wi-Fi solutions. And I don't really see, um, you know, Qualcomm partnering with Intel on this. Um, but we could see some OEMs deploying this on their own um, out with an Intel chips, you know, Intel CPU and Qualcomm Wi-Fi. Um, but I believe Acer is going to be one of the first partners that were in the press release. So we'll probably see some Acer Predator gaming laptops with this capability. Um, but we could also see AMD kind of leveraging this to distance itself from the competition, uh, even though, you know, Intel has its own solutions. And we could even see this happening in desktop Wi-Fi. Uh, as we see AMD and Intel duke it out on the on the desktop side. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. Some people said that, you know, maybe this could, this technology could find its way into a standalone headset, potentially, uh, you know, into a uh, valve headset that would connect to your PC and use this dual station capability of, of Windows to, um, you know, lower latency for, for PC streaming. But this is a Windows 11 uh, feature, so it would require um, other operating system support if, if a standalone headset isn't running Windows 11, which currently uh, I think none of them are. Even HoloLens is, I think, Windows 10. So maybe HoloLens could, could potentially use this, but it doesn't have the right chipset. So this is kind of a future-looking uh, announcement, but it's still something to, to pay attention to. The next topic I, I want to cover is 
Pico, uh, they launched the Neo 3 Pro and Neo 3 Pro I. Uh, obviously, these are the headsets that they announced earlier in the year. Um, and now they are coming out to compete with um, the Oculus Quest 2 and Vive Focus 3. Um, but what's interesting is, you know, we're looking at pretty affordable pricing. Um, they were supposed to, to come out in Q3, you know, ended up being a, a early Q4 launch. Um, but they're coming in at, you know, the Pico Neo 3 is a $400 headset. So the Neo 3 Pro and Pro I um, are coming in at around $700, $900. So they're definitely competing with the likes of the HTC Vive Focus and Quest 2 Business Edition. Um, and now we know that uh, for sure that Pico has been acquired by TikTok. So um, we'll see what happens there in terms of that integration and those capabilities. But um, what, what is interesting is that Pico says they will support uh, NVIDIA's uh, direct mode via PC, um, which uses um, you know, display port to stream at 4K 90 Hertz. Uh, and they'll also support NVIDIA's Cloud XR. Um, but the headsets themselves have a, have a single 5.5 inch display, um, which has a resolution of 3664 by 1920 um, and a 90 Hertz refresh rate, uh, having a Snapdragon XR2, which is a previous generation. Um, so these are just you know, an alternative to um, what H HTC and Facebook have and you know, competitive price. And there's a lot of companies that are using Pico. Um, but I do think that there will be some interesting uh, things that happen down the road once Pico is fully integrated in, into TikTok. Um, the next and final topic that I want to cover for this week is the um, VA is looking to expand its use of 5G and AR to help doctors and patients. Um, and this is kind of a, um, an expansion of what they're doing uh, already. They already have a, a thing called Project Convergence, um, which they've been working on for over a year. Um, and that convergence project combines AR and 5G. Um, and you know, they're they're already using it with Verizon uh, to improve medical technologies. And you know, they're leveraging Microsoft's Azure Cloud to improve the you know, accessibility to documents so they can download things more quickly, but they also want to be able to overlay you know, patient information um, and to kind of have a augmented reality x-ray vision. Um, but they're also using VR for, for patients to uh, help with pain management um, and, and other kinds of therapy. So uh, it's, it's good to see that the VA is trying to leverage the latest in technology and that they want to, you know, get on the AR, VR, and 5G bus and use it to to benefit vets. Um, but other than that, I think that kind of wraps up my thoughts for this week. It's been a pretty busy week uh, and we'll have more coming next week. Uh, glad to be getting back on doing this podcast after a short hiatus, but uh, we'll be back and doing it a lot more regularly. Uh, we hope our viewers and listeners found this week's topics interesting. If anyone out there would like to provide insights on a specific XR topic for a future podcast, please reach out to me on social media, uh, Emma Anshel Sog, and uh, we hope you have a great weekend and please tune in again next week.